Heat seeking Panther, Miles and Dave, talking about Nicholas Cage. I'm gonna pull the Panther roar up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't find the one we do. <gasps> Did they take it down? Oh, here it is. Here it is. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I thought for a second uh, they got they uh, the DMCA came after them. <laughs> uh, no, it's got to be the Italian one with the countdown. <laughs> oh, that that's the only true Panther video that we recognize here at Heat Seeking Panther. <laughs> All Three, others are two, false gods. <laughs> oh man! Oh wow! <laughs> oh yeah! Um, shit. Okay. Well. Before let's let's plug something at the top and at the bottom of the show because we have we're doing something exciting never before attempted. Um, this is this is a long time in the making. Um, yeah, <laughs> we we've been <laughs> we've been teasing it for forever. Um, because anybody who's been listening to this show for um since whenever we started it like fifteen years ago. <laughs> <laughs> however long it's been knows that um the second in our hearts to Nicolas cage is the man the myth the legend uh val kilmer and um it, we've been talking about val for a minute and uh going uh, into his films <laughs> and, initially uh, we were talking about a val cast about branching yeah. out uh turns out that was more i feel like that we're biting off more than we can chew with that it would just be it would be too punishing like there's just too much dreck but um, anyway but yes we we stand val here at heat seeking panther yeah, and and another uh, you know a, not a bone of contention, but a a, a thing you know at at sort something that has always been just been there between Miles and I is that uh, I like the band The Doors, um, and I believe you do not. <laughs> I very much do not. I have I have a love hate relationship with The Doors for sure. Yeah, uh, I mean that's kind of the only relationship that uh, an yeah. intelligent person. <laughs> have i wouldn't um, say that i outright hate them i just think that <laughs> well i mean like there's there's a lot of shit yeah yeah <laughs> and i just think they're like massively overrated uh yeah and um and, and i think and maybe nowhere as overrated as in or the uh the early 90s uh film by another fucking legend um fucking oliver stone the Doors movie. Um, we've been talking about it for a minute, and we are going to do a live watch commentary of the door, a watch along <laughs> on on the uh, Non Plus Ultra Twitch and Instagram stream um, this coming weekend. Uh, what's the date? Which is the eleventh. There you October go. October eleventh. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, I we might take drugs. We we might we we will be watching the movie, and the movie's on Amazon Prime, which means that we can stream it <laughs> on Twitch, <laughs> um, and um, and we will just be watching it and talking about it and interacting with any if anybody else wants to uh, join us on the stream and talk about it and just I don't know it's going to be chaotic and bizarre. It's going to um, yeah uh, follow us on Instagram at heat seeking Panther and we'll put all of the, you know, uh, time date flyer info. Uh, it's all going to be up there. So all the pertinent details. Um, but yeah, we've never done this before, but I'm, I'm super excited. Um, I mean, it's something that potentially depending on how, uh, <laughs> how off the rails <laughs> it goes, uh, that w it could be a, a semi, uh, you know, we could, we could do it again. Yeah, I mean, we could I mean, even do it with a Nick Cage movie, which would make more sense. But, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> there's something I feel like about the cross section of, uh, I mean, it's, it, it's like you were saying a, a, a movie like the doors, I feel like tonally occupies a lot of cages, uh, like nineties work too. Yes. Where yes. it's like, uh, a lot of things are firing on all cylinders, but nothing is quite clicking. <laughs> <laughs> and he's worked with Oliver Stone and Val Kilmer multiple times. And, um, so I, and, and I just, you know, I, 
I'll, I'll talk about this more uh, when we actually do it. But, um, you know, I've actually avoided seeing the movie in part because I like enjoying the doors. And uh, it's it seems that everybody who's ever watched this movie just hates them. Like it just puts the nail in the coffin for them. Like, well, it and, sucks. And, and it's the kind of thing, too, where if they had just made a movie about a fake 60s band, you know. Oh, yeah, it, it would that, actually probably be good. I mean, it would. Yeah. I mean, I, I may be good as, a, as an overreach. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen it. So I'm I'm uh, I'm not quite you know, like first timer on your level, but I forgot a lot of it. So I'll be, we'll, we'll be experiencing it. it together. Oh yeah, we for sure will. Uh, anyway, that's, I, I'm excited. Uh, you're excited. We're all excited. It's going to be fucking fun as fun as all hell. And, um, but that's not the movie we're talking about today. We're talking about 2017's inconceivable. <laughs> That one, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it because yeah, every, this, this is all you think about. Yeah, like, I can't. I can't read the word without. That's the voice that reads it in my head. I mean, it's ridiculous. Of all the words they chose in the English language, not only did they choose one that was a bad, a terrible, terrible pun, but they also. Um, give yeah, us one. I, I mean, it's like, it's like naming your movie, uh, like I'll be back or something I, exactly, like that. I know <laughs> I was trying to think, yeah. Or like, did I do that or something like it? You just like, it's just a, <laughs> like, I see what you're doing, but that word's taken. I'm sorry. <laughs> it already occupies a cultural space that it can't be removed from. <laughs> Yeah. It's, so the uh, fact that it's a right. thriller with a pun for a name that uh, like is just brings that up to mind every time I think about it. It's oh. it's it's inconceivable. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's a uh, uh, I was reading some of the IMDb reviews of this movie, uh, not to get too mm. far ahead of ourselves, but oh, the sure. IMDb users were going just they they were going wild with the with the inconceivable really? uh, puns. It's like they oh. they were saying, uh, you know, just saying things like uh, the most inconceivable thing about this movie, uh, and like uh, this. <laughs> It's it's inconceivable that someone would choose to you know make this movie and like uh, just yeah they stuff like I, they really set themselves I mean, up for that yeah, I I you know I don't know what they were thinking just this this pun title is bad all around for many reasons so I, I mean I'm I I bet the real uh, critics um, or the paid critics did the same thing with it I only see one entry here on Metacritic for it. Um, I mean, this just drops straight to DVD, right? Or like VOD streaming, I guess. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to wonder who even, like, who was even the audience for this movie when it came out? Women. Women. But no women talk like this, which is, (laughs) which, which brings me to the other weird thing is the whole time I was, it's inconceivable (laughs) that women would speak like this, (laughs) like the dialogue in this movie. And, and when I was watching it, I, I just kept thinking over and over again, no way a woman wrote this movie. No way a woman wrote this movie. But Dave, a woman wrote this movie. Inconceivable! <laughs> yeah, uh, she did. She sure did. Um, yeah, it was written by a woman named Chloe King, um, who wrote, the, whose first credit, and one of her only credits, is the weirdly similar Poison Ivy 2. Not the Not the original one, but another... Uh, another um well I, I guess that's an erotic thriller and this is this should have been an erotic thriller but um it isn't quite it, it's like it, this i'm everything about this movie feels borrowed from like uh the hand that rocks the cradle yeah like it's fa- a, fatal attraction single white female like all there was definitely a period of time in like the 80s and early 90s where this kind of erotic thriller was was very popular. Like this feels like a throwback almost to like, uh, yeah. you know, to like basic instinct times or something like that. For whatever reason, like I, you'll have to help me flesh this thought out because it's it's late and I'm tired. But it's like um, it's like they're not it's like let's make an erotic thriller, but they're not making it like 
woke necessarily, but it's like, it's like, they're like, what, let's make it like a respectful, like women centric movie that is a thriller based on, but the, like the DNA of essentially like exploitation movies, you know? And so it's sort of like, it tries to have its cake and eat it too, in a way that is inconceivable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and 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 it's also the kind of thing where it makes me really uncomfortable a lot of times in this movie how the how the um like sexiness of it is in, in direct contrast and tension to the like uh constant like pitch of anxiety that is uh-huh. like going on throughout the entire movie you know what i mean like the combination of like uh sexiness and violence is like we, is like just really off-putting you know there's nothing really original about any of the ingredients of of this movie i could see pretty much every twist or whatever coming except for a couple that were just foreshadowed in a way that didn't make any sense really but like it's like they had uh other scenes in there to like yeah uh, to bridge it that then they edited it out or gone yeah so (laughs) but uh, yeah it's not that this movie needed to be any longer than it was god forbid god dude (laughs) At like 45 minutes, I thought we were wrapping up and I <laughs> looked at the time bar and I was like, what else is there to say? Oh, apparently um, a lot. Yeah. So none of the, all the ingredients feel familiar and they're all the ingredients from, yeah, like I, I'm sure there's a, movies that are even more similar to the, the, the uh, general story of this, which is like this sort of like, uh, I don't know if it's misogynistic really, but it's this sort of, it's this idea of like a, you know, a a nasty woman, a nasty woman, like coming in and stealing your family, the way that a a woman can enter into a family and then threaten the foundation of that family with her femininity and sort of supplant another woman as a mother and a wife and, you know, take, take over the roles of another woman. And, uh, yeah. And so like that, and that's a very juicy premise for a sleazy erotic thriller and one that got pretty much played into the ground in the, in the early nineties, um, that, and yet, so this movie takes that, that ingredient that like the rind of that fruit that all the juice has been squeezed out of. And they're like, um, what if we do that? But it's not icky. Like they, it seems like they tried to make it like not an exploitation movie. And so it feels almost like a Hallmark, like TV movie or something. But but the subject matter is just really gritty and intense. Yeah. So then with the mo- any moment where there's s- like explicit sex or violence feels like it was ported in from another film and it's just the tone of it feels like super unsure about what it's trying to do with it. It's yeah, like, and like it, like it, like the director just kind of walks up to it and it's like, uh, here you go. Here's it's a, he gets uh, stabbed. Uh, anyway, back to, well, uh, and, and even, even you, they can't decide they flip flop basically until the very last act, like whether or not you're supposed to feel sympathetic yeah. for the, like for like the evil woman. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah, and then they just decide that no, you're not. She, she's a multiple murderer, um, right. and she is quite literally like trying to steal this woman's children away from her. They're well, her children, Miles. <laughs> well, but yeah. right, but then, and but she, then as it goes on, they introduce the weird backstory about her being like really the egg donor, and then tracking mm-hmm. down the other mother to take her mm-hmm. first kid back. And then yeah. also, so then you're finding out that she's actually a complete psychopath, but then it's like, Oh, but she was, you know, uh, abused by her first husband. And so this is why she, she's killing people or something exactly. like that. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it doesn't know how it wants you to feel about that though. It doesn't know whether she is a, a villain or a sympathetic character. And it tries to have it both ways without really coming down on either side or coming down on both sides too hard. Maybe like, you know, cause we get, we spend so much time with her and so much, you know, who generates so much like sympathy, but then it has scenes of just sort of narrative cruelty to her of just sort of like, no, she's, she is evil and bad and she gets nothing, you know, she gets fucked up. Like, and also so, what is her motivation 
Like I right. never got yeah, to she's be just a crazy. mom, but not even, I never got to be a mom. It's like, I never got to be a mother in a specific way that I think is motherhood. You know, no, it's like, they don't it's even a, it's, dig into it, but it's so, it's so, it's such Central. a weird, uh, like non motive for, yeah. for, um, doing the horrible, horrible thing she does to these people. Right. And it just doesn't, I mean, I've, no, it doesn't square. It doesn't square. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't you can't shade in all the subtlety of the other parts of her character, and then get sort of squeamish about showing us the all the the fucked up parts, and in a way that then doesn't really explore it. Like you know what I mean? Like it saves right the the moments where she commits something that's really like like fucked up. She turns full on villain. It feels like a suddenly she's a two-dimensional character yeah and, it's um, fucking weird it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't work but yeah let, let's get into the uh the story let's let's talk about it there's a lot of twists and turns and they unspool in a really awkward clumsy way so basically gina gershon and nicholas cage are happily married um and they uh, they have one kid who, uh, was the result of an egg donor and, uh, I guess Nick Cage's sperm. <laughs> and then at a mommy and me class, uh, Gina Gershon meets this other woman. What's the actress's name? Nikki Whalen. Um, and uh, they start up a friendship and Nikki Whalen's character, Katie, starts sort of insinuating her way into Gina Gershon's life more and more um, in the way that women do in these types of movies where it's just like, oh, what a coincidence. Like, you know, we both are here and have this thing and you, we should hang out. We have so much in common. Ha ha ha. Like, right. and then, so then she basically invites her to live in her guest house and be yeah. like a, a part-time nanny. Right. So, yeah. so her and her daughter move into the guest house. <laughs> There's a really weird scene where like uh, Gina Gershon comes home from work one day and hears music right from, from the guest house. <laughs> so this is what I'm talking about in terms of like, just what, like you have something like salacious and it's like almost like the director gets like, doesn't know how to do it. I know. So it's just as confusing. That scene should have been sexy. So she walks yeah. up to the guest house, she looks in and then it's uh Nikki Whalen's character and, uh, another woman who we can't see. I couldn't even tell. I thought it was supposed to be cage. I mean, I know that Gina Gershon's <laughs> character also is supposed to think that, but this is why it's confusing because right. the way that it's shot is you see Nikki Whalen just on top of like a bundle of legs, just like <laughs> humping away. <laughs> um, it looks- yeah, it's really weird. So then, so so she lies to Gina Gershon about who the woman is. It's really their mutual friend, but she tells right. her it's some other person. Um, and for then, no reason again. Why is that a lie? For no reason. Well, because There's she's no evil, reason. Dave, because she's an evil woman. There, that does, she gains and loses nothing by, through that information. Like, there's no reason. So, so then uh, Nick, Nikki Whalen's character and this other friend that she's sleeping with are like uh, hanging out at the beach. And then the other friend says, Hey, Gina Gershon and Nick cage asked me to be their surrogate because they have one <laughs> egg left and they want to have another kid. Yeah. And then Nikki Whalen's character gets really uh, like mad about it. She, and her face. Suddenly she has the face of like the girl from the ring <laughs> or like an right. anime, a, like a dragon ball Z character who's <laughs> about to fight. Yeah, and she she like she, she goes into the water where her her beautiful uh, lesbian uh, partner is swimming and hits her with a rock and drowns her. No, she hits her with a with a weight. Yeah, because yeah. here's here's part of what I was talking about earlier about there being the sex and violence in a really uh, confusing way in this movie is that they're both like really hot and yeah. like wet and like wearing yeah. like 
you know, like wearing bikinis, uh, we see and, nips, right. We and, <laughs> and, and so then they're just hanging out in the water. Uh, and then she kills her just immediately. Um, and it, it's just weird. I just feel like the way they set it up for them to be like sexy lesbians God. on the beach just immediately yeah, well, pivots into like a bludgeoning fatal blow to the head out of nowhere. And it's and just really confusing. Yeah. Just tonally. It doesn't make any sense. Cause it's not sexy. They don't really have that much chemistry. This is the same scene where it's introduced that they're dating. So you're already like, okay, so they're dating and she lied about it, but why did they? Okay. All right. And then uh, the, her girlfriend is like, yeah. And by the way, our friends are, I'm going to have a baby. And then she just like suddenly looks like Kaneda from Akira. And she's just like, (laughs) you can't have, you can't do that. And, uh, and, and she does this weird info dump that I had to look at the Wikipedia plot summary to understand. (laughs) She, she, she reveals really awkwardly that they, that she was the egg donor that uh, that they already used so that Nick Cage and Gina Gershon's daughter currently is, uh, is from her egg and that she tracked them down and now she's here to, to, to actually be a mom to them because she, they're not being good parents. And not only that, but she did that with her daughter that she has now that she, she was also the result of Nikki Whalen, uh, donating an egg to another woman who she then tracked down and decided was not a fit mother. So she like killed her. And then right. Took, took her biological daughter back and then raised her as, as her own. And so like I explained that I think in a way that makes sense right now, but that happens in it the just, middle of this tense scene that has already been a weird info dump. And she's just like, here's what's been going on, but that we haven't said. And then just, clubs her with a weight and just like okay so she's also a killer inconceivable (laughs) what you just explained we eventually understand via another flashback that happens mm-hmm. like 20 minutes later into the movie. <laughs> yeah. No, so yeah, they explain it again even in a better all way. Of this information yet. You get only part <laughs> of it enough to think like, Oh, she's crazy. Right. She's going to try to steal their kid. But then you find out later that she already did this to another like surrogate mother before. Like, I know. Years ago. I don't, I don't know why they spell it out better later. But anyway, I think just to drive the point home that she's psycho and she's done this before, but like that, I feel like you, you, you don't need to up the ante more than it already is in that situation. Okay. So that, that initial scene, the initial scene with Nikki Whalen, before we're introduced to Gina Gershon and and Nick Cage, like we see her in a bad wig that's supposed to be her real hair. Um, Such a bad wig. Such a terrible wig. Like one of the worst wigs I've ever seen in a major, uh, (laughs) like a Hollywood production and the, and her, her actual hair is supposed to be a way or it's supposed to be a dye job. And that's supposed to be her real hair. It's, it's trash. But, um, we see her like stabbing. She stabs that. It's like an, we think it's an abusive husband, but is, is it, or is she stealing the baby away from Yes, I think that's what's going on. Because at first you think that she was with her abusive... She's a victim, yeah. Right, that she's a victim, that she's like with her with an abusive husband. But really that was the other woman's husband and he came right, and to he, find her. To find her and he's like, don't... He, that's right. actually his kid. So right, he but then had she reason stabs to, him and then runs out of the house. Right, I think, right? right? Or, I, I think or so, yeah. I, is, is there another layer on top of this that I'm like missing? Because this movie no, is I, really confusing. No, that would have been a really... That, that would have been... Uh, nice thing to put together in the movie if it knew how to do that in a way that that was satisfying but i'm literally just doing that now it's like okay i I think i think we're overcomplicating it by trying to make it make sense (laughs) so she so she she becomes pregnant with nick cage's uh come again right he 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 shoots into a a test tube into a turkey baster and uh squirts it inside of her this all happens off camera but i'm just implying i'm just how it works connecting the dots yeah uh (laughs) and uh yeah (laughs) she's she's pregnant and uh then Gina Gershon starts to finally put the pieces together that something is not right about her friend Katie um, in a 
you know, this is the, I'm talking like, this was like the 45 minute mark, I think when I was like, so this movie's almost over. Right. And it's like, no, this is going to get drug out forever where you're just seeing a character put something together that has already been clumsily put together for you. Just interminably and other characters be like no you're crazy that's not that it's just it's bad filmmaking and and she's not even smart about it like if she wants to drive this woman insane to eventually take her child and husband i feel like there's other ways to do it that are less complicated right she could have just got gina gershon out of the way like she could have clubbed her with a fucking weight i don't know why she just like let it drag out for so long i mean she ha- does a couple tricky things. Like I, I get that her game plan is to make Gina Gershon seem like an unfit mother to both of her children so, and to insinuate herself into the family dynamic so much that it only makes sense that she would be the, the mother to them. And which we see briefly at the end when cage comes t- to see her in the hospital. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then she and grabs she, him. She's like, she I love you. Him. She's like, I yeah. love you, Brian. Brian. Was that his name? I think so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was some, it was some boring ass name like that. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Yeah. And and I don't, there was a couple like ideas in here of like how, how she plays that game with Gina Gershon that were kind of clever, but it just, it plays out with like any tension. I think because we know what's going on, because there's no suspense about what's going on to right, us right. like because she already info dumped it so. i mean a similar thing to arsenal where the the audience is told the the double cross and yeah then, and then we have to watch for like the rest of the movie to see how those characters figure out things that we already know right i mean it's just like i don't know in what world that is a that is a a good plot device they like, just how does that they, how does that keep the audience engaged at all <laughs> So it's just, it's a mixture of people being dumb and people thinking that we're dumb. And I, I don't know the Dave, the, I feel like we're actively getting dumber watching these <laughs> kinds of movies. Yeah. Well, what's fucked up is like, I haven't really been watching that much stuff in quarantine. Like I just, I haven't felt like watching much like TV or movies, but except for shit like this, <laughs> like it's, this is the media that is like taking root in my brain now. It's inconceivable. <laughs> the, I liked Gina Gershon kind of like go, going into like she finds out that I guess this was Cora, um, Katie's first daughter, the daughter who she stole originally. I guess her mom was was her mom the head of the the agency, the surrogate yes. agency? I, she I was, think so. But again, or I was that just a different sure. woman that she killed? How many people has she killed? Oh, because you know what I mean? Because she drowns that woman in the bath. Oh, Um, yeah. And we see that in a flashback. And and that woman was Cora's mom for sure. And because she's like, you you know, you're a bad mommy. And um, but then Gina Gershon puts it together that the like the head of the the surrogate agency that Nikki Whalen's character was a part of also died. And she's on the phone with that person who is just like, yeah, she died. And it was a mysterious circumstance. She wouldn't have committed suicide, but I can't tell you anymore. Yeah. And so I think we're meant to believe that Nikki Whalen's character did kill her also. Yeah. Otherwise, why would they mention that that part of it as like she, that? Yeah, that she definitely being, did. I just right. don't know if it was the same person as the woman oh, she drowned I in see. the bath. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Well, yeah. That would have been like a juicy thing to like put together so like what are you doing with your two plus hours movie if you're not like giving us those reveals Um, to be fair it was only like an hour and 45 but it felt like three hours and 45 are you sure (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know why i'm trying to be fair to this movie yeah quit being fair (laughs) just pile on Besides that, like that was like a kind of an, like I liked the the reveal that we get in the movie that is she's watching an internet video on the, the website of the surrogate agency of the, the deceased woman talking about the agency and behind her is a mural that looks the same as the, the children's mural that uh, Nikki Whalen has been painting in her own daughter's bedroom. Like that's pretty cool. She's like, Oh, I, you know, who painted that right. mural? Oh, I can't tell you, but right. like it was, a, it was a member of our surrogate agency like oh shit oh no but there's some other like reveals that just 
do not fucking land. Like the silliest smoking gun to me was Gina Gershon sneaks into Nikki Whalen's like little back house and she finds the what to expect when you're expecting book. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, it's just like the the music fucking swells with suspense as she's looking through it and it's just just post-it notes that are like I can't wait to hold you in my arms. Like your nose will be developed by now. Like just something that a, a mother, I guess would put on. And I guess the, the scary thing is like, Oh no, this, this surrogate woman who we're paying to like carry our child is actually growing attached to the right. baby. But also like, she's growing a human inside of her. Like that's a, kind of a normal thing to, for her to be, you should be excited that she's excited. Like it doesn't, right. I get narratively what they're trying to do, but it just doesn't fucking make sense. And it does not have a like suspenseful impact. Cause then she's Gina Gershon, like practically like drops the book in horror and then like right. puts it back on the shelf. And Nikki Whalen like discovers that it's moved later. It's like, who's been in my self-help books. It's just <laughs> stupid. The, it's so dumb. The other one that that's, so sorry, go ahead. No, I just want to call this one out too, which is when Gina Gershon is looking at all the pictures on the fridge and she realizes that somebody yes. I guess has moved the pictures. So the corners of certain pictures overlap other ones and they all block out her face. I know I did. That like, was so good. The, the, the suspenseful music playing as she like goes through every photo on the fridge and realizes that she's covered in every one and, of them. And, and it's like, you know, like describing that or reading that in a book, like I can see that landing and, and being creepy. Like it's so subtle, but like the movie just doesn't know how to shoot it suspensefully. Like it's so boring that you're like, you understand what's going on, but it's like, okay. Well, I <laughs> yeah. mean, in general, I think a problem passive aggressive. Yeah, but I think a huge problem with this movie is that they are just filming the characters. Like, they're relying on the acting and the script. Yes, there's you no style I mean? to there's it. There's no style to the actual cinematography, and the script is not good, and the acting is not... I mean, Gina Gershon is does good with what she has, yeah. but it's not, like, a great performance, and... Uh, I, I I don't Nikki Whalen is like so flat in this movie. It's unreal. Like she's supposed to be really cunning and evil yeah. and like a you know mind fucking everyone and like and but she just comes across as like kind of a bimbo, right? Yeah. I'm like yeah. well, so she I doesn't thought, strike me as the kind of evil genius that the character's written as. Like I I it just the, yeah, the performance I, I, doesn't I, land at all for me. Yeah, I mean she's not cuz Honestly, like the first like 20 or 30 minutes of it, I actually thought she was doing a really good job. Like I, before you really know what's going on and you just see the sort of obvious, obviously there's something up with her, but they haven't revealed anything yet. I thought that that's when she was doing her best work because she is being so sort of like, like the, a moment that I really liked was when her her future girlfriend and Gina Gershon, they're all like at the park and they're like, let's take a picture together. And Nikki Whelan's like, oh, no, 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 no. But they kind of force her to be in it. And then you see the picture when the picture is printed up, she like moved in a way that her hand is covering up her face and it's done well. And the way that she sort of is is not answering questions and and is being just just suspicious enough that we know that something is up but not that the characters would know like i thought that nikki whalen played it subtly and that the script is it's not suspenseful or really much of anything like it's pretty vanilla but that wouldn't matter if when they pulled the rug out there was a, like a reveal that had some some teeth to it. But yeah, once after she clobbers her girlfriend with the weight and then it's just the big countdown until like, you know, are we going to, is it going to be able, are we going to stop her before it's too late? Like then, yeah, she just vacillates between being really flat and just like cartoonishly evil. Yeah. And, uh, we haven't even talked about Faye Dunaway yet. Oh boy. Yeah. Like, why? Like, why is she in this movie? <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, she broke her leg before filming. 
and that's so why, is she's, that why she's sitting she's in every sitting scene? down in every yeah. single scene yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean and she she just effortlessly the way she just effort, effortlessly glides through this bullshit of like a <laughs> script is like it's just she's a pro it's amazing to watch in the scenes where she's uh talking like contemptuously about the uh, about Nikki Whalen's character, I almost like hear in the tone of her voice that she's like, that's really what she's saying about the script. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> or it's just like, it's like, she's just like, why am I yeah. here? Like, why am I doing this? Cause she's like, she's like, this doesn't make sense. Like there's something off about, uh, Nikki Whalen's character, but it's just like, yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't really make sense. And, uh, can we talk about Cage's hair? Yeah, well, let's talk about Cage. Uh, how okay. how how did he how did he do? He's he he's in a support role in this uh, movie, which is rare at this point in this career, and also not where I like him. I've I've realized. Not, uh, yeah, I mean, like he is. I think. I mean, this this is again uh, another performance. You know, much like the runner. Uh, what was the one? Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Outcast. Or like oh. even something like uh you know pay the ghost I mean at least that one's creepy but in terms of Cage's performance where he just plays like a nice guy you know what yep. I mean like yeah he there's just, nothing like he just plays a guy who is just like a nice guy he's a good husband he's a good father he's just like a good guy you like literally I mean? like literally like what is he into like this his character like what does he do. There's, there's only, there's one, I'm going to talk about it later. Cause there's one moment, there's one cage thing that he does. We'll get back to it. Cause b- besides that one moment, he, he's just like, if you were to imagine that his character, what he, uh, I don't know what he does for work. I don't know where he goes during the day. I don't know what he's into there. How the whole movie is shot inside of this boring ass house just it's like big, a mcmansion stupid yeah. mcmansion in cincinnati um oh, is that know? where it takes place i yeah. couldn't figure out what fucking city it was supposed to be <laughs> no i w- before we got on the call i was watching a uh a, a, like cramming uh some info on the film and watch this like press conference that they did in cincinnati and they the director is like you know, ah, we couldn't have done it without the city of Cincinnati, like wonderful locations, wonderful acting. I was just like, what locations? They're just in that dumb house the whole time. Yeah. They go to a park like once. Did you notice that there were uh, the weird exterior shots of the house? Yes. uh, That they would drone shots. Yeah. (laughs) But like not a high drone shot, like one that's like head level for no reason. And it's just like, it's like at an angle and it's like zoom. It's like flying in like really fast into the window of the house. Right. No. And and it's just, it's just that cheap thing where you had like one interminable scene inside the house. And then you're like, Oh shit, we have another one in the same stupid room. How do we separate it? Oh, we'll just shoot, have, have like a drone zooming around outside for no reason. Yeah. I mean, that's like all it was, you know what I mean? Uh, yep. it was really weird. It was just all in that one house and there was nothing cool. I mean, there was nothing about that house. It's not like trespass. Uh, yeah, at I least mean, the, I, like, God, if only this movie were as good as trespass, uh, no, I got there, huh? No, no. Trespass was worse, but the, but the house in trespass at least had a little character to it. Right, right. This, this could have been just anywhere. It was so bland it it looked like a show how like like the they're trying to sell and their real estate agent like you yeah, know totally. filled it up with like show furniture and they're like don't touch anything totally uh i there was only one one scene uh dave i i was going over my notes and i and i realized um there was one scene where they showed uh what cage's hobby is remember when he gets on the on the motorcycle yes yeah <laughs> Uh, that's the that's the scene i'm i'm waiting to talk about oh shit okay i want <laughs> yeah we'll come back to it it's the only okay. good thing that he does I, I didn't mean to steal your thunder i'll stop no there. no um. it, it's our thunder <laughs> <laughs> well let's talk uh, let's talk about his hair first it looks like a uh, anime hair that's collapsed because <laughs> <laughs> it goes like straight back 
His yeah. hairline, his well, forehead goes really high, and his hairline's like way back here. But then, yeah. but then where the hair starts, it goes in one straight line, like up and back. Yeah, or sometimes it's like flopped over to the side. Yeah, in which case it's like a collapsed Elvis pomp. You know what yeah. I mean? But yeah. like either way, it looks like hair that was sticking out that has now collapsed on yeah, itself. Yeah, it, it, it did. <laughs> and the dye job, I feel like you could see the black yeah. like, in his scalp, right? That yes. was a terrible dye job. Yeah. He should just uh, go gray. I don't know why he's dragging it the, out. I don't what's the problem? I mean, motherfuckers had the weirdest hairline since like he was like 30 years old. Like just yeah, lean into just it. Just lean into it. it at this point. Why are you it. trying to hide it all the time? Yeah. It's just like I feel like he's going to get better roles if he just goes gray. Yeah. Like be like Liam Neeson or something. Totally. Okay, let's talk about the uh, No, I I take it back. Let's let's no, I take it back again. Let's talk about minutia because I I, I want to go long talking about the motorcycle it, scene. We I know. Got to get into it. <laughs> let's okay. let's talk about all the little shit. Okay. Um. So something else that I noticed right the first time you see him when the movie it's like the second scene after the cold open where uh, Nikki Whalen stabs the that guy, uh, and then the next scene, um, is Cage jogging. Uh, uh-huh. I just, I just want to point out that cage is jogging a lot in movies recently. He likes like, to run. Yeah. He, he really, he really likes to run. I feel like there's been a scene of him running in like the last seven movies we've, we've, uh, we've watched, especially the runner. Yeah. Well, definitely that one. Uh, honestly, <laughs> if you showed me the opening scene to this one yeah. and didn't tell me what movie it was from, I probably, my first guess would be the runner. You could honestly. stitch them together. Yeah, Cincinnati for mashup. <laughs> yeah, we shot Cincinnati for New Orleans in this one. Uh, nah, uh, yeah, he. Oh, I mean, he does like to run in real life. So uh, I don't know. Who knows? He likes to run and ride motorcycles. That's, we know this. What else? It's uh, there was a. Sh- <laughs> Uh, she says something, Faye Dunaway says something really funny when she's talking to Nikki Whalen's character and, and Nikki Whalen says she's from Michigan and then Faye Dunaway, <laughs> like with the most upturned nose in the, in the history of the world just goes beautiful state, all those lakes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish Faye Dunaway had been bitchier in this, honestly, cause yeah. her character's written like she's supposed to be like r- really uh bitchy and uh annoying but uh she uh i i could have i could have stood for her a little bit more spice there's one scene with faye dunaway and cage uh where it's just the two of them and that is the best acting in the movie which one is that it's when he's talking to her about um nikki whalen's character and she's telling him like all the reasons why she thinks that she's creepy and bad and she's spelling out move out immediately all the obvious stuff that they're overlooking right um, and Cage, uh, you know, I mean, for what it's worth, he steps it up slightly more than in the rest of the movie, uh, because he's in a yeah. scene with Faye Dunaway. He, he <laughs> goes, right. He, yeah. he goes from like uh, a two to a three. Oh, oh, wait. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. One, go, go. one, one more thing. So remember when they, remember when she drugs her and then, yeah, she, that's, uh, yeah, that, that's a, that could have been a cool scene, right? That could have been a cool scene, but then there's the whole thing. Oh no, it's actually, I'm sorry before she drugs her when they at when cage asks her for the urine sample so that he can test it mm-hmm. to make sure that she's not still using right right so then nikki whalen goes to get the cup and then in the next i know she's scene, like i'll get the cup <laughs> and then in the next scene her and cage are pulling up to the hospital where presumably they're going to get it tested but she's just she gets out of the car holding just like a <laughs> naked cup full of piss <laughs> She's and so stoked to do it. And they walk it and they walk it like through the hospital <laughs> to go get a test. Two things. One, why don't you just get fucking Gina Gershon to come to the hospital and, and then just have her pee in the cup at the hospital like a normal piss test? And two, why, if you have to absolutely have to carry it from your house into the hospital, why don't you put it in a bag? She fully like put it in the cup holder of the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so it's inconceivable to inconceivable. me that someone would treat a pee test like that 
anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. Thank you. Thank you. That's better than what I was going to say. It's just another just wasted opportunity because like in a, I don't, I guess a better movie in a juicier, more fun movie, erotic thriller, like Faye Dunaway's character would be set up the same way where she is the one person who is suspicious of Nikki Whalen's character. And then Nikki Whalen would have to like, get her killed and put push her out of the way or something there would be some sort of denouement but in this movie she just uh, changes her mind off screen like there's just a, a scene later where she's like oh i like her now you know <laughs> like know, there's no like there's nothing to it like why right. why <laughs> what was the point in setting that up why does she even exist? Why does why is Faye Dunaway in this movie? <laughs> Again, why? I mean, same you know, same thing with Cusack and Arsenal. Like, <laughs> like they're 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 getting these like they're they're getting these legends, these like cali- yeah. these like big caliber, like heavy hitting Hollywood yeah. legends. At least to former A listers. Yeah, to co-star with Cage in these movies, and then they're just wasting the opportunity. Like, they, it could have been anybody. It could have yeah, been well, any. Could- like it could have been any older actress. Why? Yeah, it's why like they think, Dunaway? It's like they think that just putting a great actor into like a bad role will just like do the work for you. It's just, I'm, yeah. Isn't isn't that why they keep casting Cage in these kind of movies though? That's true. That's his whole career. So. <laughs> Um, I can't hate. Okay, I'm sorry. One more no. weird, weird thing I noticed: the hospital that both Gina Gershon and Cage work at is called the Christ Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> the Christ Hospital. What? In the what letters, world? <laughs> the letters on the outside of the building say the Christ Hospital. <laughs> is that a cincinnati thing (laughs) i'm looking it up it might be and in which case i apologize to cincinnati but that's an absurd name that seems like a fake name it seems like a fake name they made up for the movie that should be a fake name the christ hospital (laughs) oh man anyway i'm i'm sorry to cincinnati no i'm that is a dumb name for i'm not sorry they should but see be if sorry. I had known that I would have been able to I would have been able to place where it was if I had known that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's Ugh. the funniest thing about the film. It um, really is. Uh, that's that's all my notes. So yeah, I mean, take what, it away. I, I, that's I, I don't really have any funny notes. I was like taking. I, I was taking a lot of plot notes so I could follow along and, and none of them are good. I do want to say that um, it, I think it's kind of funny that um, they, that whole ending scene, like the big denouement of the, of the film is that Gina Gershon used to be an addict and now Nikki Whalen is framing her to make it look like she's an unfit mother. She like drugs her orange juice. <laughs> she drugs, she makes orange juice and puts it into this big weird bottle <laughs> and, and gives it to her. She's like for a woman on the go and puts like, I don't know, five or six pills into it. Um, oh my God. And in a scene that was like, I, I would say like a realistic portrayal of like, I was like Gina Gershon has been drugged up and driving before because the, she yes. gives us a subtle performance of what it looks like to be too high on pills to drive. But this is not the type of movie where that subtlety is rewarded Or is it rewarded the fact that like she's too drugged up to drive, but she makes it safely home without any suspense. Like it's sort of, you're like, Oh, she's drugged up. I hope. uh, And okay. She made it. And then she wanders into the house and Nikki Whalen, like, uh, uh, planned a surprise baby shower that day, which kind of rules. Like she like busts in and everyone's like surprise. And Gina Gershon just looks haggard as shit. She's like, Oh my God, you're trying to ruin my life. And and it's like, yeah, (laughs) And they're like, uh, she's on drugs. And, uh, you know, every, all these, everybody leaves. Although also I was like, who are all the, these friends? Like they hadn't set yeah, up that wh- these people have any, from? any social where, life, who any are they? friends, who are they? Their one friend is that guy who works in the hospital, who it turns out is the director of the film. I don't know if you knew really? that. Oh yeah. no, I did not know that. I don't know why he put himself into that role that he Me cannot either. act. 
or direct. There you go. Everybody leaves, and and then there's this confrontation in the kitchen between Nikki Whelan and Gina Gershon, where she's like, Gina Gershon's like, you are doing all the bad things. I finally see all the bad things you're doing. <laughs> and Nikki Whelan's like, what are you yeah, going right. to do about it, you dumb bitch? And right. uh, they get into a knife scuffle. And uh, then, you know, it seems like Gina Gershon is killed in the scuffle because they go to the hospital and uh, Nick is. So was he just lying to Nikki Whalen when he's like Gina Gershon is dead? Yeah, I think I think that was to like trick her to see what she would do if she knew she was dead. Okay, but even that doesn't make sense because her reaction. No, I didn't say I it mean, made her sense. reaction that was just her, a reason given in the film. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I, yeah. Her reaction, though, it doesn't like, it's not like they caught her red handed. Like, she just keeps acting crazy. She's like, oh no, I, I love you, though. Like, is my. Yeah, right, I right. I want to have a baby. Is my baby okay or whatever? And they just do a C section and then there, she like wakes up and she's like, where's my baby? And Nick Cage is like, uh, let's go see your baby. I'll take you to him. And then like surprise Gina Gershon's alive. And we know that you are the bad guy and you're, <laughs> yeah. he's like, take it. He's like, take a yeah. look at the, at, at little baby Gabriel. Cause you'll never see him again. And oh. just full on hero villain moment that feels a little cruel and weird. And then they also put, unearned in a weird way. Uh, yeah. Fully unearned. Even then they put G, uh, Nikki Whalen in a fucking padded cell. Like, do people, is that still a thing that happens? I, I mean, I don't know, man, but also she should be in prison, not in a padded she, exactly, cell, right? And, right. She's killed a bunch of people, but I guess. At least three people that we know of. I guess she's so, criminally insane though. But yeah. I just like, the, the, she's in a room that's like bigger than any bedroom I've ever lived in or had. <laughs> Like it's huge. It looks like uh, like an a, the apartment on New Girl or something. It's just like it, it's just huge, but it's just padded top to bottom, which is just I'm pointing out because it's the type of thing that only happens in cartoons and really totally, bad totally, movies. Totally, totally right. Yeah, um, like someone gets literally put it in put in a padded cell. Yeah, like you know, and it's if this was the type of movie where then she like looked at the camera and she was like, you can't keep me in here forever or something, you know, like then I would be like, okay, fun. But they shot so it's it a with Batman just like, movie, right? Yeah. If it was Arkham, if they put her in Arkham, I would have liked it. And then they just roll into a, a credit song that was, I feel like bad in every way that this movie was bad, but I can't, I can't really place i can't describe it maybe i'll, I'll just uh, record some of it uh yeah, on my yes please thing and we can add it in um, <laughs> please just just uh, in the sense where i was like wow this is tasteless but not interesting it it's like it's like not not brave and not brave like enough to be itself. yeah it's not right. brave enough to be kitsch or like bad or have any like strong like a uh, point of view it's too gross and stupid to have any merit yeah there we go <laughs> uh, okay so i'm ready to talk about the the one like cage moment that i okay like Great. he and gina gershon are just like chatting while he's get, going to uh he like went for his run and now he's going to his motorcycle to go to work um wherever that is in cincinnati and um and what he said, what does he say? He's like, he's like, to me, um, purple rain has always been about fatherhood. And, and then he quotes it. He says, I don't want to be your weekend lover. That's about being a father. And Gina Gershon's like, oh, okay. Ha ha. And I, I, as someone who loves Prince, um, I love the fact and loves Nicolas Cage. Like I feel uh, that that is uh, just another cosmic connection that we have. And I, uh, I really appreciate that, that moment that that is definitely something that he thinks and said to someone. And I feel like it's like a moment where they were like, you just need, you're going out to the car and he's like, can I say this? Cause that's, yeah. that's specific and kind of crazy. Like, I don't, I don't know why you would think that, but also like, cool. Like I, I'm glad that you do. And 
if you're thinking about Nick Cage and Purple Rain, you have to think about famously he he performed it at karaoke like a year or two right. ago in downtown yeah. LA and uh got uh there was filmed and put on the internet and um he was sad about it <laughs> because <laughs> I was I was looking it up to watch the video again and and just uh, see what he said about it and I think he talks about it in that like New Yorker or New York Times pro was it the Times I think it was the New York Times magazine did like a, a pretty good profile on him where um, covering a lot of stuff that we've been saying forever that he's like you know his his modus operandi for being a actor has always been like as a surrealist and a sort of performer outside of like realism he talks about you know how he used to try to build up his his idea was building up a mythology around himself and that uh if he had he talks about going to lunch with warren Beatty once and being like you're so lucky that you were able to just be warren Beatty in a time before cell phones and you know nobody was filming warren Beatty out like just drunkenly doing all the bullshit that he was probably doing. I just wanted to highlight that because if you haven't seen the video of Cage performing Purple Rain as a just rite of primal scream, like rage therapy, like you really should look it up. And I like that that song for whatever reason to him is about fatherhood and that that slipped into the film. (laughs) Oh man, it is really good, isn't it? Uh, that 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 he's able to just bring that kind of stuff to his roles i mean and we talk about that all the time too you know whether it's a character tick yeah or it's a uh or it's some kind of improvised piece of dialogue or something but we can spot them now like every yeah. it's so it's so clear like i feel like through doing this like we have gotten so inside of his thought process and head which which i is what i wanted to do in part <laughs> to, that um that i really love that it, i i'm just like yep that's cage yeah there's no there's nothing else in the script that feels anything that has this weird specificity of that like it's oh it's always just some like left field specific thing that fits into his interests and wheelhouse totally I'm really glad you picked up on that because I, I, I noticed, I mean, I remember that line, but I guess I didn't put it together as the throwback to his, his, you know, moment of karaoke, uh, you know, viral karaoke. Well, and it, and it's, but it's not a throwback, which is interesting. Like, cause the karaoke thing happened oh, a that's couple true. years after this. So yeah, you're right. That you're means right. that he's been like stewing on that song. He just loves, he fucking loves purple. He Rain. loves like, Prince pur- and he purple loves Rain purple Rain speaks to him in a way that okay, other songs don't think about Prince's acting and performance in that movie. Cage would love that shit. Cause Prince is so strange and stilted and like he, he makes some character like choices and in that movie that are like, they feel like Nick Cage choices. Like there's a part where he like talks to his band through a puppet for no reason. And like, you know, the, the whole Lake Winnetonka thing, like I, I would bet money. I would bet over a hundred dollars that cage has driven a motorcycle to Lake Winnetonka and purified himself in the water. I know he has, I know he has, he probably took a girl with him and did it. Of course that speaks to him. And he's just rambling about Prince the whole time. He He would date with this girl and she's just like, Oh, all right. (laughs) No, we have to purify ourselves in the waters. I was happy to uh, pick up on that because it's more fun to talk about than the rest of the movie. Yeah, I, mean, I feel I feel like we spent an, uh, enough time talking about Purple Rain. Probably it's like a third of the time that we spent talking about the actual <laughs> film that we're supposed to be talking about. I mean, yeah. Is, is, is there anything else to say? I, I who's the director? Jonathan Baker. He's he's never directed a film before. This is another first time director who Cage threw his lot in. Oh, I the reason that Cage wanted to do this movie. Um, is that because he uh, always wanted to uh vacation in cincinnati (laughs) (laughs) i like that the director was he was like he was like we were gonna shoot this in the hamptons 
which would have made a lot of sense. But he was like, we went to Cincinnati and it just, he, he said it in a vague enough way that I was like, there was a tax thing that Cincinnati yeah, totally. made. So it, cause he was like the locations, just everything. It was the perfect fit. <laughs> is there a, is there a, a famous piece of media that takes place in Cincinnati? Sleepless in Cincinnati. No, I don't. I don't know. Is there? I don't know. I feel like Cincinnati is like very underrepresented in uh, in film and TV. Where is Cincinnati? Ohio. It's like second biggest city after Columbus. Is Columbus bigger than Cincinnati? Man, people from Ohio are going to be roasting us <laughs> after they hear this. Oh shit! Sorry, we're from California. We don't give a shit about Ohio. My yeah, bad. sorry. I don't. I, <laughs> Um, okay. You want to hear a couple of famous Cincinnati movies? Sure. Yeah. Rain Man, Traffic, apparently. <laughs> and, uh, Anomalisa, the, uh, you know, uh, I never saw that one. It's it, it, in terms of Cincinnati, it makes it look incredibly depressing. Mm, so close to the truth probably yeah killing of the sacred deer interesting yeah yeah again i don't think anything about any of those movies scream cincinnati <laughs> i feel like they're just that's uh that's this very is, interesting yeah, yeah i know yeah, yeah. <laughs> super fascinating tangent yeah. <laughs> inconceivable all right we don't have anything else to say about this dumb movie do we no i don't then i think we have to leave this by reiterating that this Sunday, at some time in the evening, we will be watching The Doors movie yes. with you. You will be watching The Doors movie and watching us t- talk shit Why? about it. And Oh, you want to... Watching, watching us watch Val Kilmer act like Jim Morrison. <laughs> Wait, you want to know something funny? Yeah. One of our friends was, was like, oh, do you, do you want to... like?" he's like i know val kilmer's son uh, do you want me to get him in on it dude and, and i was like no because <laughs> we're just gonna be fucking ripping on his dad <laughs> like if if he was there we would what would we do we'd be like uh is your dad nice <laughs> yeah right you know do you remember when he did this? Oh my God. <laughs> you, you were what? Two years old. And um, <laughs> like, he, he owns a uh, Val Kilmer owns an art gallery, uh, at like Melrose, uh, and I, Normandy. Basically. I, for, I forget that. Right. Or, yeah. uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's between Santa Ma- or, um, it's between Vermont and Normandy on Melrose. There's a, there's an art gallery in like the bicycle district right there that is uh owned by val kilmer but i'll talk more about that during the stream what's um, it it's called emporium is that what it's called uh i'm not sure it has had multiple signs there over the the two years that i've been living in the area um vivian and i live very close to there like within walking distance so we pass by it often and uh we got to talking to someone in there one time um it's it's a it's a trip. Uh, I have yet to see the man himself. Um, wait, and definitely, wait. and definitely, what? <laughs> I I should save this for the fucking doors stream. But did yeah. you know that Val Kilmer is selling paintings of Jim Morrison that he did on his website? Dude, not just Jim Morrison, but Batman, and also Doc Holliday, and also oh uh, my and. Uh, what's, what's his, what's his character from top gun? Iceman. He's yeah. Iceman. I mean, dude, he sells portraits of that. He does of himself as the characters in the movies that he's been in. of Mark Twain. Yeah. Uh, dude, but they're all the same. Wait, but do you know about his one man show about Mark Twain? He does a one man show as Mark Twain. Dude. (laughs) This anyway, is, okay, we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk, yeah. this is the kind of uh, content that Miles, me, and Val Kilmer's son will be <laughs> going into in depth on Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So yeah. a, as always, thanks for listening and follow us on the internet and tell your friends uh, uh, to follow us on the internet and listen yeah, to our uh, show. Rate us Ra- on the rate Apple us on, podcast app. Uh, yeah, that's still a thing that matters to, yeah, to the algorithm. Uh, listen get, to us on Spotify. You can't rate us there, but uh, yeah. the last uh, recently, a couple as of a couple months ago, we're now on Spotify also. Yeah, uh, so. Here's what you do. 
uh, take one of our episodes on Spotify and just stick it onto a playlist for a friend, like make a playlist yeah. of good music and then just stick one of our episodes at the end. And if your friend is lazy enough, they won't turn it off and they'll become fans too. Uh, I, I would recommend, um, maybe the season of the witch episode. Uh, I could also recommend, uh, maybe the wind talkers episode. Um, I could also maybe I, recommend uh, the classic guarding Tess episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, you could hear it and remember why we hated that movie. Cause I don't, but, um, and if um, you want to stay in theme with the, with the Oliver Stone films that we've been talking about, you can even perhaps yeah, listen to the Snowden. Snowden episode, uh, or the world trade center episode for that matter. Both, That's right. Both sterling examples of Oliver Stone's, uh, workmanship. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel like the, the Snowden episode is prime because, uh, our guest Joe Gamash, um, really fucking rips into Oliver Stone. I feel like we really got down to the, the base of why Oliver Stone is trash <laughs> and, uh, most credulous, uh, idiot to, uh, ever make films that were considered edgy. So he, he is, he is okay. Boomer personified. Yes. Um, all right. All right. Uh, cool. Uh, and so next week, Wow, we have one that I've been looking forward to for a long time, oh, Dave, based shit. solely on the fucking name of it. Vengeance, a love story. <laughs> Formerly Rape, a love story, I believe. Really? I didn't I know believe that. that it was originally called that. We'll, we'll figure it out. That is, right. uh, that is 150% more problematic than Vengeance, <laughs> a love story. <laughs> yeah, you see why they changed it. I don't like that at all. Um, anyway. <laughs> all right, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, join us then. <laughs> uh, until then, um, wait for this countdown. Sorry, I should have gotten this <laughs> revved up already. <laughs> oh, man. This video was uploaded 12 years ago. It's the it's only been, one we it's use been on YouTube for a while. And it's got a, like a 30 minutes of Italian text at the start. <laughs> the Una Pantera. Wait, like the band? Yeah. All right, let it go. <laughs> R.I.P. Dimebag. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>